Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 432 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ben Musswoodwood, otherwise known as Ed Levice. What is Ben, though? I don't know, he seems to have gone. He just, he just went. I just heard nee, 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 and then gone. Wow. It's like he's been kidnapped by the minions. Magnificent start. <laughs> is, is, is there any other kind of start for this show? True, true. Ben, are you there? I am here. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess me, my snoring didn't come through then. Oh, no. Oh, oh, that what a crap then? Is he that bored with us already? He, he was saying a minute ago that he was knackered, so... <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose I suppose to explain that joke... Because <laughs> we like explaining jokes to show us. Do we? Do we? Since five o'clock this morning, so you've got to give him a little bit of a break. <laughs> anyway... Um, we, we also had... The other voice you heard there was obviously our... Um, uh, a staff liaison officer, Commander Psykit. Hello. Hello. And joining us in addition to all that, um, unfortunately, our um, apprentice stunt driver, or Banksy stunt driver, Alec Turner, is away in Devon today. Have a nice little family break. So we have roped in at the last moment, and we're very glad that she's here. Katie Chaos, welcome to Late Radio. Oh, seven peeps, how are we doing? <laughs> welcome. We, we welcome are getting more caffeinated by the by the minute. Oh, he's 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 too busy grinding beans, doesn't he? Anyway, 
No, that's not a euphemism. He's got a bean grinder in his room. Yeah, and if you wish, you can join us live. We are are hanging out in game. Uh, Ben, I do believe, is is in open. I am in open and I am in in live. And I believe Katie is flying her way towards me if she hasn't made it already. I'm just on my way to live station now. Excellent. Um, and if you can't get to us in game, you can always join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Actually, yeah, we'll mention something about that late, uh, later. Click on the live chat, uh, or you can go to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or we're streaming on Twitter, or we're streaming on YouTube, and we're streaming on Facebook. So you have plenty of choices. Uh, so... Uh, with that, we'll quickly go around the team, see how they've been for the last week or so, and we will guess we'll start with Ben if you're still awake. Yeah, I'm still still awake. So uh, very busy with with life, um, getting ready to go up north for a few days. So that'll be that'll be fun. But seeing seeing family and stuff like that. Um, over weekend, I did I had lots and lots of fun with the hack swing, uh, where we were saving gee. Uh, from Thargoids and, you know, basically spent, I think we were shooting Thargoids from about four in the afternoon till late, late at night. Uh, and we had lots of fun and that was, yeah, that was, that was very silly. And uh, the people of Ghee appreciate it. <laughs> well, apparently they have been saved for now. They have been. Um, let's just say I was, I've been, well, I'll come to, I'll come back to that later. We'll go on to uh, Psychit. Hi. Um, what have I been up to? A um, uh, little bit of this and that, faffing about in space, um, tying up some loose ends with um, as far as get, getting some little last bits of engineering materials, unlocking some bits. Um, I made a science Corvette um, and um, that's been interesting, but she's just not quite fast enough. So we might be switching to a cutter for, for science purposes. Um, that's in game, out of game, watching the F1, enjoying myself wholeheartedly at the absolute goat that is Fernando Alonso. Absolutely adore <laughs> that human being. And um, uh, wow, yes. One could argue that this should be that should be a car that Sebastian Vettel maybe should have been driving, and it would be have been lovely also for Sebastian Vettel. I'm happy for it to be Fernando Alonso as well. It was a good time. I enjoyed myself. Um, and then last night, I went to see um, I went to see Katie Tunstall in concert last night. Oh, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> Yes, she, my, she, my does, she does produce a, do a very good live show. Yeah, she really does. I saw her in Bristol um, like not long after I had my um, injections on my spine. And when we saw mm. her in Bristol, it was a really, really um, tiny, tiny venue. There were, weren't that many people in there and it was just standing room only. And it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic and beautiful. And it was a great gig. But I... My my back was still very much on the recovery, and um, we we left after about maybe I would say maybe two thirds of the gig after listening listening to a lot of it from outside. But this place was a place with seats, and everybody had a chair, so you could get up and have a little bit of a boogie, and then sit back down. And that was crack a lacking, and she was amazing, and it was great. Um, but yeah, I've had a bit of a busy week, but not like doing lots of planning and work actually enjoying myself which is new for me and i've enjoyed it excellent 
Excellent. Um, Katie Chaos, please yeah. introduce yourself. And, She's been um, on the show before, Colin. I know, I know oh, yeah. but it's been a long while. <laughs> there are people who might not know who she is, so just, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm Katie Chaos. I'm a Elite Dangerous streamer, a general nuisance, and yeah, and to be honest, this week, work has, and real life has been digging into my, my Elite Dangerous time, which is really unacceptable right now. <laughs> um, what time I've had in game, I think I've, I, I went to go and basically do some Guardian site stuff and, you know, pick up some mats and then massively got distracted and ended up wandering off into the middle of nowhere just doing exobiology for forever and a day and that's been about it. Yeah, me. Yeah, excellent news. Um, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. I, that was a, that's what been on my to do list for uh, a couple of days to do the whole Grelic run. But unfortunately, my idea has been shot down because people have said, "Oh no, we've already tried that. No point trying it again." Which was to go get go to the Guardian site, get a Grelic, uh, get a relic, go to a. Uh, uh, a Thargoid site, make it a Grelic, go back to the Gar- a Guardian site or a Beacon and see what happens. Because there's supposed to be a triangle singles symbols somewhere and of course everyone's been excited about blue triangles for some reason. Nope, not everyone. Mm, but apparently that doesn't work according to um, people on the forums when I asked. <laughs> and they said they were very grumpy about it. Um, apart from that, I have again with Without Ben, separately from Ben, I've been defending the Gi system. Um, yeah, we are the knights who save Gi. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've gone a bit mad, actually. I, I spent a lot of time doing that. Uh, I also went back to my power play commander for the first time in about six months just to do, and I've completely forgotten how to do engineering. I've really forgotten how to do engineering. I was there wondering, why isn't this engineering working and it turns out it's only because I had level one clearance with with Felicity Farsia and that meant I couldn't get anything better. So I had to fly all the way over to Desiat, build up some reputation and then I could start getting some decent FDS range or FSD range rather. And um yes. Oh and there was a small matter of yesterday it was my birthday. So um yeah. Moving on from there. What did you do for your birthday, Colin? Happy birthday. Uh, it, thank, thank you. Kind of. Did you have a good birthday? What did you get up to? Uh, basically, I went and spent a lot of money on a meal. <laughs> and uh, uh, played a lot of Elite Dangerous in the morning, which was very nice. And, uh, yeah, everyone was able to laugh at the fact that I lost two crates. But I did end up with sort of like 98 million credits in profit. Because uh, the, there was a, a fantastic commander in there with me uh, who, was, who was in a uh, arms favourite of a chieftain. And he was going through Cyclopses like a hot knife through butter. I have never seen anything like it. I was lucky to get a couple of shots on it, on these interceptors, before he finished them off. So, yeah, it was... Uh, hmm. So if you want to see how badly I did, it is available on Twitch on the stream. 
<laughs> a lot of swearing and a lot of amazement at the at this other commander's ability it makes me feel so inadequate and surprisingly so old. So, with that out of the way, the development news. Well, what have the devs been saying this week? Well, on, on Friday the 3rd of March, uh, Paul, who um, Ben likes to refer to as Paul Crowley, I do believe, isn't that supposed to be a black wizard? Uh, he's, he's um, okay. Um, ben, do you want to take your time explaining this yeah. joke? He's, a Volk- he's, he's just a uh, Victorian occultist. And oh. I just, you know, keep... When I keep seeing Paul Crowther, I just jump to Crowley instead, because reasons. Of course, yeah, there was an Ozzy Osbourne song about Mr. Crowley, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, now, again, giving away my age. Uh, right, well, he's given his take on this week's news, which, as usual, is full of the dark sas- sarcasm that you'd expect from Paul. Um, yes, we've, we're well aware of that. Uh, there was also the um, the discovery scanner that came out on Monday uh, that just basically summarized everything that we've had for the last couple of weeks, which we've already covered on previous shows. Um, Bruce has unpinned the thoughts on the Thargoid War thread. Um, He'd like to thank all the commanders for their contribution uh, and says that the feedback has now been passed back to the dev team. So everybody is... uh, Yeah, I think he's actually locked the thread now as well. So, um, yep. Thanks, everybody, for the feedback. Uh, And finally, a little bit of a sad news... Well, uh, from our point of view, uh, Darren, um, he's leaving Elite Dangerous after seven years of coding on on this game. Uh, He is moving on to another project within Frontier. Uh, We wish him the best and thank him for his... We thank you for your service. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I hope he still um, has enough... Uh, all of the game to come in and start shooting the rest of us when he want, when he feels like it. Um, so yeah, um, thoughts on the development news, everybody. Let's start. I think we've kind of hit a kind of quiet period again until they, they start ramping up the news, probably late towards the end of March. I feel like the Monday development news. When there is a um, a frame shift live coming on the Thursday, I always feel like that's um, the like the sorry the the Monday discovery scanner. I always feel like that's like a little bit like more chill, if that makes sense. It's like well, well, we don't really need to say that much on this one because we've got the the frame shift live coming up. That's yeah. always the impression that I get from it, anyway. Yeah, I think I think they're they're saving themselves. I think it's probably the best way of putting it. Um, mm. Yes. Uh, right. Okay. Well, let's have a quick look at the in-game events of what has been happening this week. Well, the second of March, they have now launched the Caustic Sink Launcher, which will aid Maelstrom exploration. Um, now, this is on something I've got to ask Psyche. I mean. I haven't had any chance to do any of this. Has either you or Katie managed to get hold of one of these caustic sink launchers? I've got like tried? fifteen, I think. Oh, now. good. Well, I would I would have expected that from you. Um, I haven't used them in combat, but right. um, I have used them in maelstroms. Excellent. Now I haven't um, been able to catch up, so you you're going to have to explain how they all work. Um. The, okay. So, um, I will say. 
um, Apaphis has done an amazing, uh, like straight away, Apaphis chucked up a video saying exactly how they work. It's, well, I'll add, I'll add it to the show notes. It's, it's cracking and it shows, um, it gives you a good, um, a really good straightforward way of, um, of seeing it. However, what, what happens is you can stack as many as you like on your ship. They're also engineerable. So with the same, um, you can, um, engineer them with the same if you've got heat sink ammo capacity pinned it's it's essentially the same pin so you can do that um you can use that pin so you don't even need to go to ramtar to get it done which is also crack a lacking nice one um so it, it's it's that that engineering to do your ammo cap so you can get seven seven plus the one in the canister um basically if you put them all on one fire group if you let all of your caustic sinks fill up and then just release them all at the same time, it will then start filling up all of the caustic sinks again. So you can spend ages, absolutely ages in the Maelstrom. And um, I've, in my Corvette, which had, I want to say five, uh, or oh. five, five or six caustic sinks. So seven times five, thirty-five, and plus another, plus another set, um, plus another five. So yeah, a lot of a lot of filling time of caustic damage within the um, within the sinks. Um, I had to run because an interceptor saw me before and my caustic sinks um, ran out. Oh right! So there's still interceptors in there. Yeah, I, interceptors. I, yeah. I th- I thought there was just authoresses in no, there. No, no, no. There's, there's oh, interceptors right. in there as well. Um. So you're you're still ideally what you're looking to do is stay away from uh, the interceptors for as long as possible and go and pick up the other shit that's in there. Um. And do like sciency things. Well, this is this is my take from it after doing it for like one day. Um. Mm. You want to stay away from the interceptors. Do the um. You can see the trails from the interceptors, so it's not super difficult um, to miss them. But if you stay away from them, do all of the other sciency sciency stuff, you're okay. Um, but the build I had just didn't it because it's not quick enough to get away. The realistically, especially when it's mass locked, the um, Corvette isn't quite quick enough to get away. So that's why I'm going to switch to a um, a cutter which just has the speed edge on it. But still, with just as many, so it's it, it's really it's really interesting. To it's be not got the maneuverability though, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's fine. It doesn't that doesn't matter because you you just you you're going very slowly because you're wanting to keep um, as cool as possible, so they're not seeing you. Um, so if I'm going slowly, that doesn't really bother me. Not having that maneuverability, um, a clipper is another option for something that you can take in there. But you're missing out on some of the internals. So, um, like um, beefing up your hull maybe isn't the best. You, you're losing, you're losing lots of internal slots for beef, beefing up the hull. But you want a big ship so you can stay in there for as long as possible with many utility slots. I understand. Yeah. So you're, you're 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 sacrificing one thing for something else. It's really fun though. Yeah, uh, I always get the impression that it feels like you're the like the nebula from Star Trek too. When they when you got the the Enterprise, oh, I I don't know whether that film's too old for you. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I wouldn't be able to recall it straight away. Oh, right, okay. Then. Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, of course, the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, but you you called it Star Trek Two, so you know, people she might associate she might associate Wrath of Khan instead. I mean, it it's. 
it's just but Star Trek Two's had Khan in it, so you know. It's like it's like um a um it's like if you're flying through a like a a, a, a Lagrange cloud, mm-hmm. but the Lagrange cloud has got really angry and it's compressed. I think that's the best way, the best way that I can describe it. It feels like um, the Lagrange cloud is really, really angry and and it's out to get you. Yeah, a lot smaller, a lot smaller than what you would normally expect from a Lagrange cloud. And yeah, it's really interesting. It's really fun. Yeah, have you had a chance to look at this, Katie? Yeah, uh, not as yet. I mean, I did the CG, you know, to try and get one of the. Um the sinks but i am i've no idea how they work or anything i haven't even looked at it to be honest yet but yeah it, it's having just heard that though from psychic i really fully want to give it a give it a bit of time and get back into um shooting thargoids in the face and also i've stayed away from the maelstroms i've not even gone near them i think since since the whole invasion happened but yeah, I need to go yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I've just been doing alert and and uh, invasion systems. I I have not gone anywhere near a, a maelstrom or a or controlled system yet, which is is something on the to do list. But yeah, I'll have to have to have to have a look into that. Um, yes, well, that was the end of the previous week's uh, uh, CG to be replaced by another CG, which I'm quite relieved about because normally these CGs don't. There seems to be one every two weeks, but uh, we have uh, a call from uh, Stellar Cast Graphics uh, for explorers to look up Ammonia Worlds. Now, um, obviously, you hand in your Ammonia World survey data for a, a lot of help because they're they're wanting to uh, they're wanting to survey these worlds for potential Thargoid attack points because that's where the Maelstroms seem to situate around Ammonia Worlds, which, um, yeah, that's it does seem to be quite interesting. Um, one thing I have noticed, though, in all my experience of flying around plant scanning, it always seems to me that pla- uh, planets with Ammonia atmospheres, they do seem to have the most plants on them. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that in the last week, I think. You know, I'm getting more bio signals on those planets than any others. Yeah. I think I've got quite a lot of data I've picked up recently, so I should go and hand it in for the... That'll be worth a lot of money right now. (laughs) Yeah, because I just come across a system and it was, I think, one solitary gas giant with five moons, and four of those moons had ammonia atmospheres around them and on those planets there's two planet there's two moons that have got seven one that's got six and one that's got five and i'm there going oh this is scanning heaven so that's going to hold up my trip to colonia for quite a while i mean a lot of the ones i've come across have had like seven or eight on you know pretty regular for ammonia so yeah Um, Yeah. it's really profitable because it's so easy to to scan them on you know and do that exobiology when you've got that that many of them on that um that particular planet well, thinking about it, though, as the Thargoids are ammonia-based, surely there might be a plant-based solution on one of these ammonia moons somewhere. There's a theory. Mm, there is a theory. But I still want to check out the Grelix first. Anyway, anyway um, moving on to the 6th of March, <coughs> um, the Marlinists uh, have reported they're facing an increasingly, increasingly grave future. Now, this is the 
the Marlinist faction of about eight or so systems that were gifted to the Sirius Corporation a long time ago. Um, it seems that slowly those worlds have been taken over by other factions, and now they're getting threatened by um, encroaching Thargoids. So there's, there's quite a lot of worry on in, within the Marlinist uh, colonies, uh, and there's a lot of debate in, within the Empire to say whether they should help them. Because basically the, the Marlinists told the emperor, the emperor to sod off. We don't need your protection. Along comes the Thargoids, and um, maybe, um, yeah, maybe I need a bit of uh, protection. Anyway, uh, moving on from there. Uh, finally, today the Alliance has sent a strongly worded memo to the Kumho crew. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's been. It's like being threatened by a, a large lettuce leaf, this. <laughs> oh, it's like we have had a long discussion on the committee and we are, are about to send you a strongly worded leaflet campaign. I can imagine what the Kumo crew's um, response would actually be. Well, the, apparently they're getting low on toilet paper. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> But the Kumo crew have been warned, and if they don't behave, they will be warned again. It feels like they're getting a, a stern finger wagged at them. <laughs> Dawn Chase is like, oh, hiya, hiya, lads, I'm still here. Just from, like, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the galaxy, but I also still exist. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's quite nice actually seeing the the Kumo crew be uh, highlighted again because basically I think everybody outside of Power Play kind of forgotten they exist really. I think th- is I'm pretty sure there's been like a um, a player group or like a, a player wide initiative to try and um, effectively uh, put them into retreat from the systems that they'd they'd entered into and. I think there's, there's a paragraph towards the end of um, that um, article that um, hints towards that player, that player-led initiative to um, effectively yeet them entirely out of the system, rather than just having them give the give the stations back. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see what the next move happens. What next move happens and whether or not they'll still be arguing each other when the Thargoids just wipe them out. So <laughs> it's like they forget that they're there. Um, yeah, I have to point out from Miggles, yes, I am scanning for worlds with ammonia atmospheres not because I know we can't land on ammonia worlds. I'm just pointing out that the ones with ammonia atmospheres seem to have the most life on them, which is unusual. Anyway, let's have a quick look at the progress of the war. At the moment, the Thargoids now occupy 934 worlds, or systems rather. Um, we have 82 systems which are on alert. 58 are under invasion, uh, but we do know that at least one of them is saved. And there are 28 systems in recovery. At present rate, we are still looking at four years before the bubble is wiped out. So let's get on with the scanning in the maelstroms, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, overall, a little bit more news than usual. Uh, always nice to see a little bit more background happening apart from, well, everything he has to do with the Thargoid War. 
but there are a little bit things happening as well. Uh, so with that, I think it's we've reached that time of the week again. Score alert! Excellent, and welcome back. Well, the um, the opera singer has has certainly reached her high notes because I must admit these are anaconda skins that I actually like. Uh, these are the anaconda vanguard paint jobs, uh, and they come in iron, brass, bronze, copper. Uh, I can't even pronounce that one, so I'm not going. Oh, the last two, but purple and green <laughs> for for those of you who are, uh, uh, yeah, appetizing, uh, appetizing and verdigris. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Probably one though. I mean, the Anaconda's not one of my favourite ships. It's probably one of my least favourite ships. But these are some damn, damn gorgeous paint jobs, to be honest. They're, they're on the on the cutter as well, aren't they? They, it's a, it's another one, it, like a du- a dupe, but the dupe is oh, on the right. cutter. Yeah. Um, the the cutter came out a couple of weeks back. Again, it's very nice to see big ships get some um, get some love and not the same the same four or five that have been getting getting more of the attention recently. Um they're very, very lovely. Yes. I mean I'm I'm tempted with uh I think I am actually tempted with the the copper one to be honest. From for my anaconda which I never use. <laughs> the the verdigris just looks so I just the the green and the Celtic knot and um it, does, it looks towards the front. It looks a little bit like a looks a little bit like a Welsh spoon, and I'm quite like that. Um, I, 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 now you've said it. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I just think that I think they're really lovely. Um, it's it's a good it's a good look for front, Frontier. It's something different as well. They're like this design is really different in comparison to everything else that we've got, right? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I do like the these patterns that have been appearing over the last uh, few paint jobs that uh, or skins that I don't know. It, again, we have to also point out that these are only available in the live server. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does seem that only live uh, you get these things in the live server going forward, which is uh, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so a couple of people are now saying they can only see the spoon. Now. Good. That's Paul Archer. Good. Uh, <laughs> good. It's Celtic. It's Celtic AF, so we're all good with that. They're really pretty. Yeah. And Okiam has asked Have the AXI or Canon implemented a countdown to extinction clock on their websites yet? Because they think that would be a good idea. <laughs> This is like the doomsday clock where I think we're about two minutes to midnight at the moment. Apart from saying there is no spoon. <laughs> mm, yes. 
which is true, actually, because when you think about it, there is no anaconda. I'm still holding out for um, four pride skins during June. <laughs> Please, after. Please. One day. Uh, one day, Kate. One day. We, we will keep advocating for it until it happens. <laughs> uh, ben, you're a fan of the anaconda. Will you be getting one of those? Oh, he's not back yet, is he? Never mind. We'll go catch up with Ben's thoughts on those later. Okay, um, I think we will take... Oh, good grief, we're rattling through this quite quickly tonight. Um, I think we will take a quick break and uh, come back with some some discussion topics later. Get ready. L-A-V-E Radio. While the team on Dex Island take a well-earned break before their Series 2 return, there's plenty of material to fill the void. Point your auto-assistant to your favorite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search The Dex Legacy. There you'll find bonus edition interviews with cast members and with the writer Emily Inkpen. There's also plenty of bonus materials and merch at www.thedexlegacy.com. All proceeds go towards the making of Season 2. We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, not again. That's right. A commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff while they look around for a 10-credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000-credit assault rifle. They fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they've stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Hello, I'm Ari. Clary's mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lockers. Now you can benefit from my experience by signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan. That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plant's operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scenes Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Kadamar Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. From the makers of the MB5 shaving drone comes the latest in personal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. Applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. 
gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball time. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Um, right, this, uh, this evening we are going to be discussing about loose threads. Now, as we know, a lot of the stuff went on building up towards the, uh, the, the Thargoid War or the Aftermath War, whatever they want to call it, which we're currently stuck in. But on the way there, there's been a few things that have happened that are just left hanging. Uh, so, I, I think we will turn to Psykit for this Hi. one. Hi. Because you are, uh, you love a good bit of speculation. I do, I do, I do, I do, but I don't, I, like, I like the fact that there is still, there's still things that are, are out there that are waiting, or we're still waiting to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the... the Obviously, we're waiting for the Thargoid War to be resolved. We're waiting to find out what the, what's at the centre of the Maelstroms. And let's be honest, we've covered that a fair amount. Oh, just say. <laughs> and speculated on that a fair amount. But there is there are some other things. There are other things that um, we're, we're sort of like, we're waiting on or we're, there's things that are in the pipeline which are quite quite interesting. The first one that I, the, the one that I is literally just like, Ah, uh, I just need to know is um where are where our lovely Sojane has gone, what she's doing, um, the artist formula, formerly known as D2, um, where she is, what she's got going on, and what is this unfinished business that she has with salvation. Um, there's obviously more with salvation as well, but just that in itself is mm is a huge sort of, like, conundrum for me. Well, what's the fascination? Is the fact that you think that uh, um, she's off doing her own private war in the background? Or do you think that there's a... I mean, obviously, there's connections with the Thargoids, but that seems to be, like, secondary. Yeah, I think, yeah, mainly because of the whole... Um, if it had been, like, I'm going away because I think I've got the answers. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, uh, I've got, I've got to work on something. That to me would be less interesting than like I uh, this uh, salvation unfinished business thing, which was the last things that she said. I've, I've effectively got a score to settle, all of that nonsense, um, and it's like. Asimuth Biotech are still just there doing their thing, offering us stuff. They are. And it it just sort of like plateaued a little bit. Yeah, yeah. get us wrong. We're fighting in the we're fighting in the Thargoid War and it's all um all um, fun and games and stuff, but this this lack of a um of information from social How long ago did she go? Uh, this would have been just, I think, a couple of weeks after the Thargoid War started. She, that was the funny thing, because she just said, right, okay, I'm off. Just when I thought 
Right, this is where we'll find out um, that she can predict Thargoid movements, and she, it'll all be helpful, and she'll be helpful and a key to, in the war effort. Only she wasn't; she just disappeared, and that was it. And I thought, oh, <laughs> it felt a bit anticlimactic, to be it's, honest. It's over two months now. Mm. Um, I'm just having a look at it, looking at the um, the article. Um, mystery surrounds the surrounds the unexpected disappearance. Um, who departed the facility that she'd been staying at. What did she say? Well, um, what did she depart in? Did she get on an Apex taxi and just go? Did she hijack a ship? Because she didn't have a ship when she uh, joined up with Tezero, did she? No, she didn't. Random um, tinfoil moment. Is she, yeah. the only, is she the only one that we know of? Because there could be more like her, I'm guessing. Or is she the actual only one who... Yeah, we know. She's of, the only that one that I, survived. Yeah, that we know of. Oh no, she's the only one that survived and got away. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. Yes, <laughs> because in my head, I'd love it to be some sort of thing about her going to liberate others from Azimuth. Maybe they've got they've got others, and she comes back in a. Oh, I know. If she came back with a fleet of hybrids, that would be quite. <laughs> that would be amazing. You know, the thing that got me is, remember Babylon 5 and they had this, like, white star sort of fleet thing with this slightly separate um, freedom fighter type group? Um, Yeah, I would love to see her come back with some sort of, like, little mini fleet of hybrid hybrid ships. That would be quite awesome to to deal it to Azimuth, because... I yeah. think they're lulling us into a false sense of security at the moment because, like, like you just said there, they're, they're giving us stuff. <laughs> it's like, what are they planning? Because they're, they're, they're up to something. So. It's the whistling. It's the sort of just, like, um, nonchalantly going about about their business and just trying to be, like, for for example, um, for example, I'm, again, looking at this, um, this article from January. Initially, I feared that she had been abducted by Asimov. This is Tessaro speaking. Um, mm. Initially, I feared that she'd been abducted by Asimov operatives sent by the company which subjected her to such ho- horrific neurosurgical procedures. I didn't need to read that. I just needed to remind you that that was a thing. Um, but she's um, off, she offered heartfelt thanks to me and other former Aegis members for our help, but declared, I have unfinished business with salvation. So she genuinely, um, she genuinely did just managed to depart without logging her ID. And then yeah. Azimuth used it as an opportunity to say, oh, she's unhinged. And then we just haven't heard anything from her for two whole months. Well, she's obviously gone to ground. Um, because, well, I've gone, to, gone into the black and hidden. And, uh, yeah, I think she is... I, I think I would probably agree with Katie. She's probably looking for other facilities where... Um, people like her have been experimented on and to see whether or not there are people to rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I do miss, oh, I do ap- apologise for this in the chat, but uh, Miss Ericode, I do, uh, that's a blind stab in the dark as usual. Um, they say that all the other test subjects were purged. I guess that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Do we trust Asimuth well, about anything? Well, let's, let's just let's just assume in this instance that Asimuth weren't telling the truth. <laughs> let's just assume that they would like some kind of massive cover up. Imagine that. Ooh, Asimuth do something dodgy. Oh no, no nothing nefarious. They're squeaky clean. 
I like what Commander Meagles has suggested. Is it just me, or am I picturing her unfinished business with her flying to the wreckage in HIB 22460 and doing something horrible to Salvation's Corpse. I think that, like, Salvation's Corpse is long gone from 22460. Uh, if Salvation's, um, if Salvation's Corpse is, um, was ever in HIP 22460 to begin with, um, they are, um, they are, it is long gone. It is, um, probably Thargoid Scran right now. Um, but, that like brings us really nicely to the something which comes up quite often like we talk about quite often or as well just like randomly do we do we all agree that that we've we're not going to hear from salvation again i think they're regrowing him in a vat i think winter meets <laughs> i wouldn't i think we're going to end up with some regrown um Oh, Uni's going to do an Emperor Palpatine. He's going to transfer his consciousness into a into a new clone. Uh, Do you genuinely genuinely feel that way, or like do you genuinely feel like that he's not he's not gone? I think Um, it's too much of a plot thing to to. I think the frontier are going to let us do on that until the. the Do you think so? I hope he has gone. To be honest. You hope he has gone, Colin. I hope he has gone. I Why do you say that? Gone. Because basically it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels cheap to bring him back. Um, one of the things I did like about uh, Salome is the fact that they haven't brought her back. She's dead. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, okay, nice storyline, but it was there. It didn't end how some people liked. But um, I mean, you can't yeah. everyone. It can't please everyone, and um, all the best sci-fi like, has cheap, uh, predictable storylines, though. True. All, all the best ones do. So, so I've I've seen a theory knocking around with Salvation um, about the um, the other lad who didn't win when Sirius won Utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the. Uh, there's uh, an ability that Utopia have where they can. The, it's talked about in the Codex, I believe, of um, uploading consciences to to com- to computers um, or to like that's the, the computers. So I, if it were me and I was, if it were in a in a hope to maybe appease more people that salvation yeah they're dead but they're also their consciousness has been uploaded to a computer and that's now what's running um what's running azimuth would be <laughs> would be interesting um so in the co um, in the codex that he uh, it talks about Pravnav was um mentioning the possibility of incorporating them into a simulated version of the individual or a data ghost that could be interacted with thereby allowing individuals to enjoy beyond death and I believe that's word for word from the codex oh lovely um, so, so basically they have recreated digital heaven then well it's it, it's that's it it's 
we're, we're always told we're, we're always told whenever we, we we're querying stuff about the game or things along those lines is we or like uh law and stuff like that is the stuff that we know solidly and we can't and we're, we're not speculating about is the stuff that is actually in the game and in the codex and the codex was added to elite dangerous in the um feeble attempt to try and clarify what was what is correct law and what isn't mm-hmm. so if it, if you can find it within um codex, it's within law. the codex or within like a sites on the games so like all of the inner sites and stuff like that it's in it's in the game yes. it, it's in the game and it's law so um that's sort of the information um that we that we we can we can go on and i think it's a really interesting angle it was something that katie and i were chatting not not katie chaos but my sister katie were were sitting and talking about the other day was uh was all about this and um the she mentioned that the ai behind it is called the h acheron is i can't i think i'm not pronouncing that correctly but the acheron interface which is pretty cool Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, Ben has a fantastic theory that that's exactly what all the commanders are. Actually, we're just uh, brains in a jar, remote controlling um, bodies and ships. Yeah, I've always loved the idea of us just being brains in a jar. Although, I guess Odyssey throws that away on the assumption that we are our avatars, and they're not like skin jobs or something like that. Easy. <laughs> oh no! Don't just don't. What's wrong with going to be a star? <laughs> Katie's just put in the chat there. That sentient AI is banned, apparently. So oh, yes, that, that yeah. is correct. Sentient AI is banned. But what happens if you? Well, Katie's here. Oh, you're if Katie. Which Katie? Oh, you're Katie. Oh, you're on the Katie. Oh, well, too many Katies. Jesus. The um, other Katie. Yeah, the other Katie. <laughs> um. But I mean, it whether it's AI, or not. Yeah. <laughs> is it AI if it's a real human's consciousness. encoded consciousness? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting theory, isn't it? Um, especially <laughs> with um, with with the groundwork having already been done in game is I, I find it I find it 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 it's super um super interesting. It's also sort of like on the cusp of being illegal or not being illegal. So as Dior says, absolutely exactly up Salvation Street. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's the same kind of technology that created Cortana. Because Cortana's an AI, but she has was created from a human brain. Or am I getting mixed up here? I'll take your word for that. I thought Cortana was Windows bad AI thing, me bobber. Oh my goodness. Am I the only one that's played Halo? No. I, I guess I must be. I've, I've not played Halo, no. Ah, well, right. I've played Halo 1 many, many years ago when it was out on Mac OS. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. You are such a glutton for punishment. You really are. <laughs> Hey, it was orig- Halo was was written by Bungie, as you all know, and Bungie was originally a Mac studio, and then Microsoft bought them and says, ha ha, you're ours now, and you will release all your games only on Xbox, deal with it. And they were like, but we've got this game ready to release on, on Mac OS, and, they, and Microsoft were like, yeah, we know that, that's why you're releasing only on Xbox, and you're going to report your game to the Xbox and deal with it. 
Yeah. Uh, as, as, uh, Not that I was bitter at the time. DL42 likes to point out the reason that Windows 10 Cortana was called Cortana was because of Halo Cortana. Because, okay, I, I never knew that. Yes, there was a lot of people. The more you know. Yeah, bum, bum, bum. A lot of, yeah. of people who applied rule, was it rule 32? Let's not, please not 34. Yeah, rule thirty-four to Katana, which, oh, uh, yeah. I thought you'd only you, you've only learned about that in like the last year. I'm so proud of you for actually using it in a sentence as well, Colin. That's so great. Hey, I'll be using compound verbs next. You know, amazing. <laughs> I'll be so proud of you. Right, God, how much more sarcasm could you put in one sentence? Oh, I could certainly try. <laughs> yeah, might, like, yeah, go for the whole full-blown. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Um, Jeez. Anyway, back to uh, where were we? You were getting you got. Well, we were speaking about shoving shoving Salvation's brain into like a ghost. What's it? <laughs> a future Rama jar. Yeah. 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 Uh, data ghost. Um, enjoying enjoying beyond death. Ugh. And if, if so, sentient AI was illegal, do you think that's going to stop? <laughs> Absolutely well, not. True. For all we know, Azimuth is run by an AI. Well, I mean, Torben, I don't think Torben's got an ounce of personality in his um, (laughs) little... Finger. His little little finger, jeez. Is that why you, maybe you think he's an AI? I don't think he's an um, AI. I just think he's boring. <laughs> um, Utopia argues um, j- that since the human being remains at the core of the process, the Echeron interface is not artificial intelligence. So that's its argument. I'm sure there's arguments for um, arguments against uh, data ghosts. Yeah, but, I well, mean, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting theory because mm. I, up until then, this, this is brand new information for me because I didn't realize that Utopia had that technology to, to basically fra- flash print your brain <laughs> and create a consciousness artificially. Um, because that's one of the things that I've I've always liked that it's not really dangerous. <laughs> I mean, that, I that, that is, is. that's all that Utopia is, is that oh, it's, just, it's just uh, beyond death kind of kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> cool. Right. Well, so, to tell you the so, truth, now that I know that that to- technology exists in Elite Dangerous, yeah, Salvation's alive and they've shoved him on the hard drive somewhere. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> You've completely changed my mind in approximately, <laughs> what, half an hour. <laughs> I, I think also because because it's like um, the leading companies, and if, you, if, you, if there's a company that's doing something about um, a... Uh, um, like a like serious you've put serious into the same league as um as the utopia and panavanto and all of that nonsense like serious they're the kind of company that will get into bed with um get into bed with um azimuth easily what's not to say that the other group will you know exactly so um yeah yeah it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting about that i mean one of the things that i have been hearing from other podcasts and other people is that they've been, is it just me or have they been updating the photos of the power leaders? Yes. 
I've seen, I've seen new, we definitely saw a new, um, Ashling one, a new Ashling for sure. Was it an, was it a new, um, uh, Alliance chap? We've literally oh, talked about him today. Um, yeah, the one who's like, Oh, hi, I'm still here. Yeah. I, was there a new one of that today? Oh, I don't know. I haven't logged in yet today, which is, it's, it's on my to-do list. I'll, I'll, have, have, to I'll have a look on, I'm not obviously, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in game right now, but um, there might be something on the old Newsy Woos. Yeah, because I see this. Where do you want me to look, sorry? In Galnet or Holo, um, Powers? On Powers. Or on Galnet, on the Alliance. I don't think the Alliance sends one warning to Kuma Crew had one. Um, okay, but let's there wasn't, I, mean, I swear there was a new one from somewhere um, not too long ago. Now, Beetlejuice says that they've done a new one in Mahan and they've used it twice. So Galactic I, Powers, there we go. Yeah. Um, Mahan, yeah. there he is. No, that's, oh, no, that, the that, that's the same as ever. That's the same. It's in the Galnet articles. It's like a, it's like a oh. looking up. I think it's just looking up at him. Um, yeah, because normally in the Galnet articles, they, they they take the same image and just all superimpose them on one another. So, you know, but uh, yeah, because one of the things that um, I think the the burp and uh, and guard frequency they've been discussing lately is because they, they are um, looking at, at different power photographs and things. They think that power play is going to be the next big thing with possibly Azimuth and D2 turning up as new powers, which does... Well, if it means that power play is getting uh, an overhaul, that sounds great to me. I mean... But... I'd be incredibly surprised. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just following what other people are speculating. No, abs- absolutely, and it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting piece of speculation. Mm. But I mean, personally, I don't think power plays on the on the list as much as I'd love it to be. I don't think that that's something that the I think they're barking up the wrong tree with it. But I'm, I'm su- I would be super. I would be super impressed if that is def- If that's if something that comes out, I. I mm, I feel like it would it would need to be incredibly engaging. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because power play as it is needs an overhaul. Yeah, have to be something that uh, uh, would like the Thargoid War. It would have to grab people in the right way, Mm. and and it would have to uh, get people enthusiastic about wanting to actually fight other players. Because to tell you the truth, when I have played. Power play, and I do. I used to. I played it for approximately two years. Um, the only thing that stopped me playing it was the Thargoid War. Um, the, the the little communities. I'll, I'll say this. Unfortunately, the little communities are there are very dedicated. They love the power play, uh, and when you get involved in a in a three way scrap over a system, uh, it's actually quite engaging. It's like Lou all over again, which is which is great. But then you get these problems where you can now just they just ban people's best players using the block function, which really causes a problem. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, we're not. So let me let, let me ask you a question on the back of that. As as a, a seasoned power play player, um, would adding more power play leaders help that, or will that just muddy the waters further? Do you think? No, because I think if they do bring these two characters, the, the 
the speculation that the other people have got is that these two would come in as new powers, but it would be linked with new mechanics that will build on what's there. Because actually, the, the thing about power play is that if they could find a way to generate... Uh, so you're not doing constant deliveries, mm-hmm. more variety in the gameplay, and making it imperative that uh, uh, it can be you get distinct advantages going in open because I'm not going to say open only because there are people out there that well would they be scared of that but if it, if it was you got advantages playing in open over over solo or private then I think it it, it could actually be the next Thargoid War because once the Thargoid War is is has played out you're still going to need something to keep people going. I think it's a way of tying in. I mean, bringing it in might be a way of tying it in with whatever the new narrative is, like mm. like the Thargoid War. Would that be a way of of levering the, the community to engage with it? Um, yeah, I mean, could you imagine it if, if all of a sudden um, the Thargoids <laughs> blue Gallic Ganymede, no. You're as bad as Ben. Um, no, the can you imagine it? It sort of D two suddenly became the Thargoid Queen, and then that's it. Her becomes the Thargoids become their own little power over in one end, and you get Azimuth on the other side. They hack into the the Guardian technology, and then they become powers within themselves. I don't. I can't see that many that many commanders being like, "Oh yeah, absolutely, let's go and work with D two and all of the Thargoids." Because she's not. She she doesn't come across in everything that she said prior. She doesn't mm. come across as someone who is pro Thargoid per se. Um, she was telling us that there was something really bad coming. That was like one of the last things before she went off in January and buggered off everywhere um, her thing was like I'm going to make myself known I'm going to um, show where I am and I'm going to um, I'm, I've am i come out of hiding to tell you that these, this is a bad thing and there are bad bad things about to happen and you've gone done fucked it with the Thargoids and they're going to kill you yeah, the thing that the thing that I've always thought about D two. I mean, it's nice that she's able to to pick these things up, but it is a, it could be a two way connection. She could sense these things about the Thargoids, but the Thargoids could definitely sense things about her if she's got this connection, and also take control. In which case, that's great. <laughs> she can <laughs> she can be gone from for another two months. In that case. I think she's going to turn up at a, a particularly opportunistic moment and ride him from the sunset and save. Be friendly, button. In, in, in you know, in some big occurrence, you know, it might be some certain plot device that happens, and she's going to turn up and be the saviour, not the salvation, but the saviour. So it's Gandalf at the end at the at Helm's Deep then. Yes, yes. yes. she's going to be so the white instead of so the grey. <laughs> Wintermute raises a good point. You know, D2 could just be Elite Dangerous is equivalent of Anna Sher- Sheridan. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. going to have to explain that to me as someone who's never seen whatever sci-fi show that's referring to. <laughs> Katie, would you like to bring it up seeing as like, yeah, you, were, you no. were talking about this? <laughs> okay, it's from Babylon 5 and okay. Anna, Sher- Anna Sheridan was the captain of the station's wife 
who went off to investigate Babylon 5's version of Thargoids. And oh, spoiler then alert to anybody who's not seen Spoiler Babylon alert for before. a 30-year-old show, yeah. <laughs> um, and then showed up um, at the height of the war saying, Hey, John, I'm back. How are you doing? And then he was like, uh, yeah, what are you doing right here? And then he noticed, oh, hold on, you've got some, you've got some biotech shit in you. And she'd been manipulated yeah. by Thargoids. I mean, okay. Well, by shadows, but yeah. Okay, so like they had, but they had put that into into her. It wasn't like, yeah, they it put wasn't that odds going. Her. Let's let's pump you full of um. Oh, this, this is steroids. Well, I'll put it this way: both of the both of the people we're talking about here didn't go into it voluntarily. Put it that yeah, way. True. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. You know, I, I, I think in B five you could argue. The shadows weren't fully to blame, and humanity are a bunch of dicks there as well. I mean, we uh, don't have uh, we have president. Yeah, <laughs> to being dicks in a thunk it. We can't even get along with each other. What do you expect us to get on with another race? Apparently, it's quite funny that um, we are exactly the opposite of the Guardians, apparently, because the Guardians started off very, very peaceful, according to Ramtar, uh, but then got warlike due to their conflict with the Thargoids, so much so that when they did develop the AI, the AI went, oh, you're too uh, warlike then, let's kill you off. And then the Guardians... And that's another Babylon 5. Sorry, Katie, go. Sorry. Um, yeah, one of the Guardians going to come into it as well. Oh, uh, are they? That's I, I get a feeling. I, I, I hope the Guardians come into it in some way or form. Oh, yeah. I mean, judging by the hints that people are... There's no are hints. It's that trolls. Getting, it's trolls. It's we, trolls. Do, we do like blue triangles. We really we really do not give a shit about um, blue triangles. Um, do you not include me in that way, Ben! You've got to you've got to be careful of blue food colouring. You know what? I am I am going to be watching the live stream or this time and just seeing what silly <laughs> symbolism they're going to try and shove in there to to get people wound up in knots. If it if it was if it was important, if it were important, it would they would put it in game because they've had enough backlash about that before about having things out of game. Oh. But after yeah, but like trolling so, us. Some people managed to get twenty minutes of content over just the fact that Tom had his hands in a triangle. Oh yeah, no, that was that was a hundred percent troll. If it turns out that that wasn't a troll, I am going to I'm I'm gonna go and knock on a door in Cambridge and say I need to have words. Yeah. All right. Oh, no, no, no. We were, we were hoping you're going to say you're going to eat your own hat. No, I'm not. We, like let, I mean, let's face it. We're going to be able to wreck on a triangle into fucking anything, aren't we? Because it's a three-sided <laughs> shape. Yeah. Rem- remember, though, when they did that that spoiler by having a post-it note in the bottom of the coffee mugs? Oh God! Oh, yeah. when they um, yeah. the, the gal net thing coming back. <laughs> when they when they had the post-it note and they both they drank from the cups at the end and that at was the same it. time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That was that was amazing. Um, it was hilarious. I will say, I will say in in response to the the a potential for the Guardians coming back, when how long ago did the um because a lot of the Guardian stuff has had a graphical rework, hasn't it? Uh well yeah, it's had to because in the Odyssey engine for some reason it it looks 
in the original Odyssey engine, it looked awful. It so really that, that that was post Odyssey because it looked it looked crap rather than it being something that they've deliberately put put uh, into yeah. the game. Yeah, to tell you the truth, this is one one of the one few thing that one of the few things which I think the legacy version does better than Odyssey is the stuff around the Guardian ruins. I don't know. I was there the I was there literally yesterday, and it was uh, beautiful. No, 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 no. I only meant right at the very beginning. Because there's been oh, right, okay. updates since then, but when when if I was actually there for the first flip over, so I, I went out to a Guardian Beacon, and in 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 Legacy they are the Guardian Beacons were uh, were unbelievably atmospheric and and scary mm-hmm. and genuinely alien, but when you went into the Odyssey engine at that time, it looked very um, yes, very bare bones. Okay. I want more primitive, and there it's, wasn't all the shading and things like the, that. There's that a lot bad. of there's a lot of particle generation and stuff now, which is really mm, it, yes. it's really pretty, and it was so smooth. Mm, yes, I mean it's funny this because I get I, I still get people um, commenting when I'm streaming about the fact that you know they they won't still won't touch Odyssey uh, when I'm, I'm telling them that actually this is Odyssey. I'm not playing in Legacy anymore, and you can see it's. <laughs> it's is back to where it should be. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at um, it was really, really apparent in the on the on the Guardian bases, just mm-hmm. like how smooth it it was. I was I'm, I'm having a look at my um, my my little sort of like preview screen, the little tiny one that I have, and I was just like, that just looked so much smoother than I've seen anything in odyssey for a really long time and there were there were um a couple of folks sort of like com- um commenting on it as well and i was yeah yeah i mean uh, going up i mean one of the reasons that i'd like going around the thargoid and the uh um the thargoid and the guardian sites is because they are very very atmospheric you you definitely feel as if you're in an alien environment and i love that mm. And uh, yeah, so the the way that they've managed to improve uh, these sites is worth visiting again now in 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 Odyssey using the Alive slash Odyssey engine. No, oh, definitely. So, also, if you need if you're building more um, anti xeno ships and you need um, shard cannons, you need a module blueprint for every single one of them. The 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 Daddy Savron ones. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do, don't you? So, so go back, go back, take your time, go and make a module. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll need modules now. We probably won't need not module things because they'll probably de- um, degrade, and then we we won't be able to use them anyway because we'll be a maelstrom. Yeah, well, I need to, I need to, I need to get Grelix anyway. I think we have the the other thing that's been sort of left hanging is the Grelix, isn't it? Hundred percent, yeah. And yeah, I I think personally, I think the Grelics are probably going to be used as some kind of um, I don't know uh, munition. You need to basically top up with Grelics to fire these new guns or or something like that. It'll be uh, used in the manufacturing process of something. I think it's going to be foot stuff. Um, you with like yeah, I think it's going to be Odyssey stuff that the Grelics are are needed for. Yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, I, I say I think my hope upon hope is that the Grelics are, are required for such stuff because then what what it's doing is it's tying 
it's giving us a really, really nice sphere of gameplay. You need to go into your SLV to get these items. You need to go take your SLV into the um into the the Thargoid base to be able to get the the stuff to be on foot. Yes. Um yeah, I mean the one thing that we've got we've still got to we're hoping that will come is Thargoid interaction or some extra interaction on foot. Yeah. It has to. Uh, There's no way that it's not going to come. They didn't. They didn't make all of Odyssey for us to be flying around in our ships, um, fighting Thargoids. I cannot. No. Do you think the, the conversation around that has got quieter since all the shooting Thargoids in the face things kicked off? You know. Yeah, because the, uh, to, died down a little. <laughs> the, to be honest, I mean, space combat, uh, space content, was one of the things that everybody was wanting after after Odyssey came along, because one of the things that I think a lot of people were wanting when Odyssey came along was more space content in addition to what the on-foot stuff. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. 100%. They're not going um, to... They... So, again, we can't please everyone. We know this. We're very aware of that. There is not, yeah. not pleasing any, everyone. However, um, Frontier have made this whole on foot dynamic to um uh to elite dangerous and now it isn't there's no um there, there's nothing thargoid related um mm. with that with regard to it they, they've now brought in a whole thargoid war which is fantastic but i haven't walked out of my ship f- since january <laughs> i have yeah. been i've been sat down since january and i haven't walked around and uh with the exception i think i got out once just to like take a picture or a screenshot at some point you know yeah so it it would for me it would be great if that this full circle of flying somewhere grabbing the grabbing the relics flying somewhere else turning them into relics and then flying them to hand in to uh, a tech broker who will then give you here here is one um thargoid armor piercing weapon on the back of that i just think that would be a really a really beautiful way to bring it bring every element of of the game together of yes. game together makes a lot yes. of sense because it would make it, it like you say it would be more of a seam you know a seamless sort of um experience then you know in, rather than it being space combat and on foot stuff it would um, just be yeah. the whole the whole package and then we have to fly to do whatever we need to do to get to the center of the maelstroms get all of that nonsense and then land in the center of the maelstroms and then say hello to my little friend shoot you know, all of yes. that, that, that is a, that is a beautiful full circle taking in every element that it possibly can for, yeah. for elite and taking into account all of the different war states. Ideally, that is my perfect resolution uh, for all of that. Actually, I've got one more. Go on, then. What I'm also want, what I would love to see is basically, um, Thargoid invasions of Odyssey settlements. But it's not only Thargoid foot soldiers, but something that only an SRV can take out. So that means that um, the Scorpion comes into its own and you also get an anti-Xeno Scorpion. And like lots of 
lots of multi multiplayer aspects as well like mm. you sure if you want to do it on your own if you want to do stuff on your own you like there might be stealth aspects to it um but also like this big multiplayer um multiplayer focus as well because i feel like a lot of stuff has been leaning to leaning to that now but i can't see what I would, what I think would, what I think would be a good thing for these things to happen is in systems which are close to invasions that you mm-hmm. would do, now get new scenarios. In um, uh, what's the mercenary organisation called? Frontline. Frontline. Frontline solutions order ask for group or uh, group battles f- for your team against the Thargoid battle zone. And it, it won't be the same kind of it, uh, conflict zone that we're used to. It's just going to be constant in players versus NPCs, full PVE. This would have to be Assault. in like a maelstrom, though, because there's no impetus at the moment. There's no reason why a Thargoid would want to get out of their ship at a settlement because they're already kicking our ass without having to get out of there. Yes. I mean, there there is... You could have them actually wanting to destroy the settlements completely. We haven't had that point where... Um, settlements are destroyed and wiped off the map. Settlements and stations still exist. They're just unusable. I think I think their main focus would be wiping the things with who were shooting the guns first. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem to be doing a good enough job of that without having to leave their ships. People, yeah. are, there's no last stand happening from the ground. There's no there's, there's no reason for a Thargoid to get out of um, their interceptor and come and wander around a base on their own and get um, hampered on. We have to be on the back foot. If we're going, if we're attacking them on foot, it has to be um, at our risk as opposed to at the Thargoid's risk. I hope I'm making sense. No, no, you make complete sense because Tuplex has just has just quoted aliens that is, which is basically destroy settlements, nah, nuke it from orbit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, we it's clear when these settlements are abandoned, they're abandoned. You know, there's no, there's no, none of the like eighteen people who are at a settlement are going to be like, we're going to make our last stand here while we're waiting for um waiting for the thorys to go. The settlements with like between 15 and 20 people just walking around they'll be the first things to get abandoned so they they can get back with their with their families in the Coriolises and be like i would like to leave please (laughs) yeah definitely um apex taxis are doing surge pricing just to escape yeah (laughs) but but that like we we can't i unless i'm very much mistaken and in um on settlements you can do passenger missions from settlements to remove people Mm. And I don't think, like, not from not from big planetary bases. I'm talking about like little Odyssey um, settlements where you can where you can see a mission board. I'm pretty sure it's only a mission board that you get in those places, rather than a passenger thing. Because it's what only like 15 people who um, are at those bases. You know what would be nice to see at some point. You're talking about things like that in settlements and the, the LV426 comment in chat. Um, if there were abandoned settlements that had a story behind them as well, you know, so maybe we got logs and things like that within an abandoned settlement that gave, you know, not talking about all of them, but, you know, occasional ones, maybe something that would be great to see in a plot. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of thing where you have to, I mean, 
Yeah, and in one of these Odyssey settlements, they could say that there is a MacGuffin there that we'd like to retract, and you and your guys have to go there, but the Thargoids are already there. Or trying to reason. get to it as well in this, yeah. in that you know the the protect and and um, thieve mission. Yes, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, those kind of those kind of the those new missions that they bought in quite recently. Those ones, you mean? That would yes. make perfect sense. It would, wouldn't it? That would be something that they they could build on for sure. I'm I'm pretty sure they might have mentioned that that we're laying the groundwork so that things can be built on later. Mm, yes, yeah, that might be interesting, but that might be also be interesting in like we need you need to go and we need to try and secure something in this particular section or like this a section a realm of a maelstrom mm-hmm. as well, and then there's that to it. Oh, it's really interesting. Rescuing settlers from, from, yeah, directly on foot as well. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of possibilities there. And, well, we'll just have to wait to see what update 15 and 16 brings us. I mean, okay. I'm hoping for on foot combat uh, at some point against Thargoids or some on foot interaction there. I love um, how I love how we spent uh, we spent a good section at the beginning going. We're not going to talk about the Thargoid War and the loose ends there, and we've just spent like twenty minutes yeah. talking about it because it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest, it is it is the the big thing at the moment. It is the... it is a thread that is indeed loose currently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nothing to do. Dead game. Dead game. Yeah. Mate. It's a dead game. Dead game. Yeah. Completely. Oh yeah, I saw that there was a Doom thread attached to it because because we've been saying right, that's it. Um, we've worked that the Thargoids can work it, wipe out the human bubble in four years if it keeps going. He says right now oh, that must be how the frontier are going to shut the game down. Then they're just going to let the Thargoids roll over the rest of us, and and that will be the end of the game. I feel like even if they did let the Thargoids roll all over us, because I don't think they're going to, because as as these maelstrom areas attack of attack get bigger and bigger and wider, I it's it it's going to be the case that there's going to be um a less stronger force on the outer outer sides. It has to be. There's not an it, there's not an indefinite amount of Thargoids to be able to um, constantly fight. So it's gonna have to feel weak on the outside. That said. Yeah, but that actually then limits the threat because that says, right, okay, the Thargoids get weaker as the further they go. There'll be a point where they can't go any further. And that would be the extent of the, a bubble around a maelstrom. Or it gets and, slower. Or what well, if? What if these maelstroms are all that's left of the Thargoid race? Maybe they did that because they saw what happened with Salvation and, you know, that weapon they thought they've got to react to it because they're going to be extinct. Otherwise, maybe maybe they're a dying race and this is their last push, but that's another thought. <laughs> okay, that's well, nice. Sure. Random tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought, but um, I don't think they're running out of any Thargoids soon because apparently they have they've killed billions so they've far. They've also teased yeah. more maelstroms. They've been talking about, uh, like, uh, recent Galnets have mentioned, oh, the possibility of more maelstroms coming. Mm. Yeah, and also the fact that uh, D2 mm. translated the messages, we've heard you, we're sending help. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's perfectly, it's perfectly reasonable to... Um, 
to assume that they don't just have they don't just have eight. They may they may be these mortals of eight, and we might be looking at them. But it's, it, there's there's definitely more than eight Thargoid and the eight different types of um, interceptor in any one spot. So um, yeah, I do wonder if what happens is that uh, we wipe out eight, but there's always going to be at least one left, and then that will be there for people who want to get involved in that kind yeah. of from going forward. Just to, so that this doesn't go away. Yeah, because that's what that was what was supposed to happen in the original game. In the or- original Elite, um, apparently there was supposed to be massive battles between the Earth the humans happening off-screen. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't see that. The main naval battle fleets were engaged with the Thargoids uh, outside of the game and occasionally the Thargoids would be able to slip through a scout because that's exactly what they were from what we've seen yeah. now, the big battle cruisers or high ships got through to the humans uh, and that went on in the original game for 200 years and was there was no sign of it ever being resolved and then the whole thing with uh, uh, Jameson and mm-hmm. how that was resolved was came along in Frontier um, and of course, all that kind of stuff is, is kind of retconned. What do you mean it's kind of retconned? Why would it be retconned? Well, <laughs> we know that the, the, the war happened for the, the first Thargoid War. That happened for, what, was that 100 years? Right. I, don't, I, I, don't, I can't remember. I know it ended with, well, they went into and a tree after Jameson did his... After the Black Empire's yeah. So, you know, they've, they've disappeared. They've gone, they've, they've obviously retreated from this sector, mm-hmm. from the human sector. And then only when the humans and Azimuth a couple of hundred years ago rediscovered some Thargoid stuff, did it all begin to kick off again. So we've had about a thousand years of 500, 600 years of peace. And then all of a sudden they're back. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing to say that they weren't sort of like building having having a, a lovely peaceful fun time yeah and there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff in other novels about them being two factions but as you said as you said that's not a it's not on the codex it's it not a retcon count. it's just not in game yeah so and, until we suddenly see things in the codex explaining thargoid society um yeah We've got, as- i mean there is a lot about thargoids in the codex um by all means go ahead and read it they talk about they talk an awful lot about Thargoids. It, honestly, if there was any, there's a whole section devoted to them. If there was any, anything about, about finding out that they had multiple um, factions and things like that, it would a hundred percent be in there. And it isn't. Mm. Um, okay. Well, we're going to stop the Thargoid war discussion at the moment. There's one final thing that I, I would like to bring up and that's, Space dredges comes out of absolute left field with the space dredges. Space dredges again. It's a. It's a. Actually, there's two things. What's happened uh, to the? Uh, <laughs> okay, Ben, we can bring we can bring that in later if you want. But yeah, the space dredges, the space dredger clan, they've they've disappeared, as have um, the generation ship people who got an upgraded generation ship, and they've disappeared as well. Yeah, the Galconda. The Galconda. Um, 
Do you think we'll ever see them again? Yes. I don't think we're going to see the ship whole again, but I think we're going to, um, I think oh. we're going to. You're going to think we were going to dis- discover a dis- destroyed Galcon. I, I, I was expecting, I was genuinely expecting that um, the um, the Golconda would be um, the big a big broken ship that were that it would have a similar um, effect to oh god King the Fisher. pink ship the King Kingfisher was that was that it the King the, what, yes, whatever the, King the pink, yeah yeah whatever the pink ship was called um, it was it was it was yeah that one. <laughs> yeah, the ones that go out there and the, the see. ones that went out and did all the flashy lights and the Thargoids went, Hi, we're gonna eat all of you. Thanks for the dinner on the way. Yeah, exactly. Um we we couldn't just have the Golcondans have a happy ending, could we? Oh, it couldn't be one that was a happy ending. Oh, oh you know, I'm hoping that the Golcondans are out there mapping parts of the galaxy that we hadn't thought of visiting and just having a wonderful time. Having a wonderful time and they stumble yeah. upon that ammonia world and then they're like, oh no. I think we're going to see him again and I think we're going to see him again maybe in one piece still, but I, I don't know, I think that's something that's probably been kept in the back pocket for a future. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, 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 we're going to find it again but there'll just be one piece left. <laughs> Or, or, or like it'll, be a, it'll be an abandoned ship. We'll find it somewhere, and it'll just be abandoned, all in one piece. I just, I just want to, like, if we can, if we can find pieces of the go like, pieces or or a whole ship abandoned. Sure, I'll I'll happily have a whole ship abandoned. Why? Why oh. not? But if, oh, if we, as long as we've got law, as long as we've got law around it and some and things that we can listen to, that's great. How, how about this? How about this for an interesting thought? How about we find the Galcondo that's been abandoned? We can board it using our Odyssey commanders and then explore the Galconda, discovering clues to what's happened, and then you get attacked by Thargods on the Galconda. I mean, does I don't think the Galconda has landing pads. Oh, why do you have to spoil it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have been to the Golconda before it buggered off, but I'm relatively sure it doesn't have landing pads, so we won't have an opportunity to do that. We don't know what they've done to it since then. Who knows? That could have been one of the things that the Dredger Clan did just before it went, oh, by the way, we've just installed a couple of landing pads. I mean, you're probably not going to need them, but just in case. Yeah, but just to be cruel, they'll just make their small landing pads. (laughs) So there's only there's only one or two of you that can arrive at a time. Ah <laughs> oh dear, yeah, but you know. drip feed commanders onto the Golconda. Right to the Golconda for a free anaconda. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's a good one. That's that's up there with going to Hutton Orbital for the free anaconda when we know it's a hundred credits. Where um, oh, I don't oh. even know which way it went when it um. No, nobody does. It, anyone, yeah. it, it, it just it just sort of like it was there there one day, gone the next. To be fair, it could be anywhere really because it's got um, fleet carrier technology. Oh, that's just one thing that that confused me. The I mean I can understand the, the uh, generation ships, they're using old old uh, fusion torch technology. Mm-hmm. They're they're all sublight. Is it the same with the space dredges? Because I was under the impression that the space dredges Use the same technology 
but the but then they said they upgraded the Galconda to use modern frame shift technology so it could jump. Maybe maybe those dredgers who upgraded the Golconda used the modern frame shift technology because they're the fixer uppers and the fix it people. But potentially it's the other ones. The other ones are still trudging along, chilling out. The the these these ones that fixed up the Golconda were that I mean, if they're eating spaceships, they have a lot of technology at the fingertips to um retrofit and clean up and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's it's an interesting. Uh, I, I take it back, it, Colin. That was what? quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, you see, this is this is the thing because everybody's got their one little thing that's that's hanging that you want to find out about. You want to find out about D two. I want to find out about the space stretches because I've always been fascinated with space stretches when they were even from when they were first mentioned in <laughs> in the original game. Um, ben, is there is there something out there that that you wish? A, a loose thread for you to grab and hang on to. Not really. I just like to fly around. <laughs> I uh, love yeah, fair enough. Katie, you did you say that the Galconda is the one that that gets you? Oh, no, that's Katie Anna. No, that, that's the other Katie. <laughs> yes, the, the other Katie. Sorry, in that case, Katie, is there something that that you know a loose thread that you like to to grasp hold of? Oh, I don't know. We've talked about a lot of them. Here's, here's a really random loose thread. Okay. Um, all those alternate galaxies out of the original Elite, then, that don't exist anymore. What, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah, the oh, yes, I know exactly what you mean. I jump between different galaxies, but that's a really random one that I've pulled from that. Yeah, I, I, I think oh, God, that's ben, just different parts of this galaxy. Yeah, yes. that would be my thing as well. But with I, less I, cat people, for some reason, and I can't think why... <laughs> Yeah, I, I was always too many dogs. <laughs> I was always under the impression that the galactic hyperdrive was actually a hyperdrive that would take you to a certain part of the present Milky Way galaxy. So there's instead of there being eight separate galaxies, there's eight sectors of yeah. the galaxy that you would jump in between. I mean, that would certainly make a lot more sense. It but would. you know, we are playing a sci-fi game, so who knows? But where's that tech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was lost with the same tech that it was the magical fuel that Galcop used that could always jump you seven light years. <laughs> fair, fair point. Because <laughs> Galcop was everything was based around leave originally, and then yeah, and then everybody got wise to why that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> Yeah, when they when they when they lost the formula for the for the leave petrol, that was the end of it. There's a good one in the chat. Uh, two plaques, uh, the Cynestle graveyards. You know that would mention. Oh, gotcha. That would be oh, awesome. Oh, the amount of times people have, have gone on about that, and the, see, the thing is that it gets what gets me is that it would be really easy just to put in. Mm-hmm. What gets me is. Technically, that's only been mentioned in the first book. And as we were saying earlier, if it ain't in, it ain't in. It ain't in. Actually, no. Is it, isn't there a, is there a beacon there now or something? It, well, no, there isn't even a beacon well, because I, when they put the in memorandum uh, beacon, yeah, yeah. one of the places where. I thought there was a was, tourist thing, me, Bob, somewhere. I thought there was a beacon, yeah. There is something, and that's to do with premonition. Because there's a whole load of uh, beacons which ha- have to do with um, the, mm. the True Wake book, Premonition. That is in there. 
Now, there's a whole load of other stuff in the premonition book that doesn't seem to be in the game, but um, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say that Frontier might not might not grab information from the from the books um, and put it into the game at a later date. But at the moment, if it isn't in the game, it's not considered canon. Yeah. I mean, there was a beacon there uh, during the Salome event, so it would have explained what Salome would have done um, had she survived. <laughs> but that was not to be. So it's Schroding is canon, basically, is what you're saying. It was there one time and then it isn't there anymore. Um, no, I think it's still there, to be honest. Okay. Oh, we're, getting, we're getting told by uh, Van Otter that the, the mysterious Galkep, Galkop fuel was called Quirium. Sounds a bit rude, and that killed that conversation, right? I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to understand why it, why it sounded rude, but I chose, I chose not to, not to um, consider that. Right. I will say, I will say, it's really important to let everybody know that ED, the main thing that fuels Elite Dangerous, is Quirium and not Quirium. Oh yeah, Pride flags. I'm right. <laughs> Oh, brought back to I, that. I just want a pride flag in Game Elite. That's my biggest hanging thread. I need it to be multicolored. I need it to be in a specific rainbow, and mm. I want it to be on my ship. We want, yeah, I definitely want pride flags on ships. Thank you. In June, please. Cheers, cheers Elite. Thanks very much. Didn't I okay. see something about that with Amazon and people moaning about having a trans? Don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. They can. They can yeah. fuck off. Don't give a shit. <laughs> And if they want to donate some of the money they sell from those skins to like charities of that lot, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. We only knew people who did stuff with that. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> you have to work for a charity of that particular type. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, <laughs> Colin, I derailed you entirely then. My apologies. Sorry. Yeah, we derailed so much from Thomas the Tank Engine Branch Line to Tangent Town. So there we go. Not sorry. <laughs> Absolutely not sorry at all in the slightest. I don't even know why I said it. <laughs> right. Um, moving on. I think I think we're going to rain. Uh, we're going to tie up all the loose new, uh, loose ends right now and come back to them at a, a later point. When they get uh, resolved, we'll do little ding ding bell systems and we'll get we'll be dancing around again. We've got a loose yeah. ends resolved. Well, that's one thing. We've now got this on record, and uh, if they ever do get resolved, we'll come back and basically laugh at people if forgetting them very, very wrong. <laughs> um, yes. So let's pop over and see what's in the community corner this week. Well, um, we have the High Wake has managed to do a, an animation compilation uh, for the last well, I don't know, 10 or 20 that he's done. Um, if you want to have 10 minutes worth of, of High Wake, we will put a, a a link in the show notes for you to, to catch up. And, you know, it's the High Wake. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Let's watch more of his content. Yes. Yeah, enjoy that content. Yeah. What surprised me was, even though I've, I've seen all this stuff, I think, there was stuff I didn't remember. There's lots of things, um, lots of things that no, but those are whole always videos worth a second watch as well. Yeah. As I you just keep saying, so Ben, you slept things. since then, so... Yeah, yeah. Or not slept since then, and I should have slept. True. Yeah. But yeah. you've got so many little details in there, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I've, I finally caught up with the uh, LCU no full like ones. Um, oh God! <laughs> and if you know, apart from the singing, the actual visuals though. Unbelievable. What's <laughs> wrong with the singing? Uh, uh, well, obviously. Uh, uh, do you have trouble with your hearing, Katie? I just, just wondered. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> that answers my question. Um, uh, yeah, in addition, um, Frame Shift Live as coming this Thursday. Um, it's featuring the Anti Xeno Initiative this week. So obviously, they will be picking up uh, Thargoid killing hints. Um, now, normally Frontier, when they've been doing these kind of things, they're not that good at killing Thargoids because I, I remember Will and, and Stephen trying trying that and basically, yeah, it was like the Keystone Cops, really. I noticed like, their community carriers over by Maya as well. <laughs> Yeah, so so hopefully the, the AXI will be able to coach, I think it's Sally and Bruce this week, uh, in various ways of of dealing with the, the uh, pulverising pansies, as the birds like to call them. Um, right, next up, well, uh, I've, I've put in a little short story on the forums. Uh, if you've ever wondered what's been happening to the Sanctimonious crew, uh, they're... The latest Sanctimonious story is up on the forums. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes so that all you can, can find out what's been happening there. Um, it's, also... it's the Sanctimonious stuff. Is that canon? No, because Colin wrote it. Oh, right. <laughs> it's not, again, it's still not in the game, Ben. What, what part oh. of it, what I, part of it the... is you struggling with now? <laughs> I, I've, seen the, I've seen the Sanctimonious in game. I, I've flown with it. I, I, I it feel be, it must be real. I feel I feel like you're um you're trying to um get a rise out of me for something or or Ben and all you're doing is making yourself look foolish. Ben, yeah, I'm just winding Colin up here. Ben, I quite agree with Psychic. Unless Frontiers takes one of those stories and put it in the game, it, it is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to deflate you. <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody's getting an image of airplane in their head right now. So it's, yeah. it's just wrong. <laughs> so, yes. Um, in other news, we've got a Lego Orphan Bruce. <laughs> Has anybody else seen this? It's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's awesome. <laughs> They've been legalized. <laughs> I love the green screen of it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um like it. Hi. You, you've been busy on the YouTubes. Yep. You know, it's just um, like I try. I try and put them out every Monday. I totally forgot to upload it yesterday, so I uploaded today. Um, it's the second tickle me thargoid advert went um went out with visuals. It's my favourite one so far. It's dark and silly and kawaii <laughs> as fuck, and I love it. It's so dark. I was really creeped out by it. So, so Kate, so my sister Katie drew the Thargoids. Like this is this is completely not um not interesting information at all. But she um she was giving me like these little images of different little kawaii faces on these Thargoids, and I was like, no, we want one where it's even more afraid and even more upset. Um. So yeah, that's what that's what I do with my time. 
Oh, dear. As long as you rip out the hearts using the tool, we're fine. And then you have to make sure that you smash its face in. And do, do these, these, I haven't had a chance to catch up with this yet. I take it the Thargoids in this question look really cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, quite as fuck. Isn't there a game called um, The Two of Us where you have to destroy a really cute toy that's perfectly that's, uh, that's a That's a spoiler for right towards the very end of... Um, uh, yeah, I think it's called The Two of Us. Me and my husband played through it. It, get, it gets dark. Yeah. Mm. That's... Okay, apologies for the... Sp- for the uh, spo- I seem to be spoiling quite a lot at the moment and didn't realise. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's right. Everyone's played it. It was Game of the Year two, like a year ago. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it Takes Two is what it's called. Sorry, I need to get that right. It Takes Two. That's it. Right. Uh, we've also men- uh, mentioned Commander Ephesus. Change your name to Discord, Ephesus. Yes, that's the one. Ephesus. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm thinking of the fast show. Ephesus. Chris Waddle. Um, now, uh, he's, this is the aforementioned video of how to use the Caustic Sync Launcher. Uh, again, we will put a link in the show notes so you can all see how you use them properly. So there you go. And, and also, the one other thing we do have to apologise for is that those of you might have noticed that last week's Leave Radio episode is a bit late. It only came out on Sunday. Now, this is because we had a bit of a problem with the website. Um, <clears throat> yes. Sometimes, as people know, so... Um, Operating system upgrades don't go as well as they should. It didn't. And it's taken a long time for the backup to restore. And then also we had a we had a brute brute force attack as well, which was always which is always fun. Um, so yes, I do believe it's now a case where the uh, Lave Radio website is back up and running. So that I believe you, so as well. Yes. Yeah. So you will be able to get all your your back catalogue of Lave Radio goodness. All 10 years of it. Yeah, apart from episode 263. Although I have found out it is on Spotify. Was there anything important about episode 263? It existed. Don't deny it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, so yes, we've, we are now back online. Yeah. <laughs> it's typical, really. We do know that um, uh, Moof uh, Simon was having major meltdowns trying to fix it, but we're back there, so go move. <laughs> right, let's move on to most... Oh, do you have something, Ben? Yes, I do. Um, go on. I was about to, yeah. Right, okay, Tourist Spot 0676. In early August, 3302, an antique Cobra Mark III was interred at the Tianyla Orbital Graveyard. Uh, so there is references to the graveyard in Tianyla, but the graveyard itself isn't there. Oh, it's technically in-game, but it's not. Yeah, it's a tourist spot in, in Tinisla. Oh, okay, cool. So, right. yeah, yeah. Fine. Okay, so I'm glad we've laid, laid that one to rest <laughs> for the moment. In no doubt, next time you get a chance, Ben, you can ask. No, we we, we had a ding, 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 and I had to ding it. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, mostly clueless now. Um, this is something I inter- I found out while fighting Thargoids over the weekend, and I was so proud of myself for finding this, and then as soon as I found it out, I was probably the last one to find out, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it seems, well, as we know, point defense turrets are absolutely useless against Thargoid caustic missiles. However, 
if you have AXI multi-cannon turrets, you can actually target these caustic missiles and let the turrets take them out if you're able to uh, maneuver and give yourself enough time. Uh, I this in my last stream. There's actually a couple of video evidence of me shooting down caustic missiles, which I thought was great. And then I said to everybody else, "Did you know you can do this?" And they went, "Yeah, we've been doing it for ages." So oh. yeah. there's my balloon burst. Thanks. Or you can use the new caustic sinks and just tank it like a boss. <laughs> Yeah, but you look epic shooting down a missile. It's like couldn't have shooting down a bullet. <laughs> you just go. Oh. I suppose it's the 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 caustic things are just like wiping lint off your shoulder. <laughs> I I mean you can just overheat it. Yeah, mind you. That, oh, I thought the overheating would do much more damage than it does, but it it, it you just shrug it off really. Anyway, um, any other business? This week, well, you've got a couple of things. To yes, say. yes, we do. Um, on a on a on a on a really positive note, it's International Women's Day tomorrow. Woohoo! We get one day. I mean, International Women's Day. Um, uh, there will be a link in um some some uh, show notes, but um. Katie Chaos and myself are um, taking part in a, a fun little level three D and D one shot um, over our the Fumble Folks channel, which is twitch.tv slash Fumble Folks. Um, bunch of UK creators um, looking to showcase like women who like D and D and games and stuff. There's a there's a couple of really really cool folks on there. Would love you for you to come along and check it out. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm 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 bringing I'm bringing my level three monk out of retirement who is sassy as fuck, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be really fun. Um. It's going to be really fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, secondly, um, on a much lower note, like the emotional whiplash from this, like a lot of times you will have seen at the end of live radio, wherever you catch us live, we tend, we do raid a couple of like regulars. Um, one of those regulars is Elm. And Elm isn't streaming today um, because her um, her husband, um, Leo, has been in a very... Um, a a very serious, um, very serious motorbiking accident. Oh dear! Um, and it's important to me to just let everybody know that um, there's a, it's going to cost a lot of money, and there is a um, GoFundMe out there that will be linked in the show notes. If you're able to contribute in any way, um, she would very, very much appreciate it. Much love to the pair of them. I hope Leo has a very, very speedy recovery. And yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, on that note, I think I'll, I'll, I'm afraid I'm going to have to add something about um, Commander Joe Plater. Uh, for those of you who know who Commander Joe Plater is, you probably have seen his. Uh, announcement recently on his on his discord um i just think everybody here at live radio is, is sending um commiserations and also as much love as we possibly can towards him and his missus uh, and his missus mm -hmm. so um uh, we are thinking of you joe and uh, when your last stream happens we'll be quite happy to pitch in whenever we can so uh, just to just to let you know so, um, 
moving on from there, uh, I think we'll end there if any, unless anybody's got something else. Nope. Right. Okay. Shout out. So first of all, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me Elite Dangerous CQC. We're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Uh, that's the Guard Frequency, you do other space games as well. And there's also the Loose Screws, um, who love their cheese. <laughs> Um, the following this, we'll have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'll thanks to all those who have chipped in and the Twitch chat. And Ben, how many in-game commanders have you got? Uh, so I've been flying about with Siberia's William Solo, Miggles, Katie's been about, but I know she had frame rate issues. Yeah, um, tanking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. From, I briefly had 7 FPS. And then I restarted Elite and it was fine again. But I just kind of like, everything was fine. And I went into the lift station, um, got into the docking bay, that was all fine. Got up the lift and the lift was just like, nope. And you don't want any frames, do you? Um, oh dear. But then a, a quick restart got it back to life again. I don't know. Elvis Kremen says that he's there too. Oh, is Elvis there too? Yes. Sorry, Elvis, I didn't see you there. So yeah, plenty of plenty of people annoying Ben, which is which is what we want, really. No, um, no, we've been shooting things and looking at things, and then yeah. shooting some more things. Yeah, normally innocent bystanders, probably. Yeah, um, couple of the couple couple of the texts might have been, but they did also have bounties. So hey, oh, oh I I watch Free Guy uh, again for the first for the oh, first time. I, I do enjoy Free Guy. And I'm there they, every time you lot are there blowing away these poor innocents. And there's going to be one out there with a blue shirt. And there's going to be one out there with a blue shirt eventually. Um, anyway, special thanks also goes to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have all created music for this show. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch uh, with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, now that it works again. Uh, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet at laveradio on Twitter, tweet us at laveradio at spacey.space on Mastodon, or you can use our Discord server over at discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's is anything you'd like us to ask or <laughs> discuss in a future episode. Um, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, special thanks go to Katie Chaos. Thanking you for having me here. You are always welcome. Uh, and of course, uh, the usual suspects of uh, Ben. I might call him. <laughs> and Psychit. Be gay. Woo-hoo! Be gay. Pride flags, please. Bye, Radio Daddy. Uh, do, do I have to? Can I? Can I not? Can I be merry instead of gay? Can you? You can. You. I mean. I, I, I will, I will see you. I will see you. Can I be merry instead of gay and raise you Pedro Pascal and you can sit the fuck down? Okay, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right? And I, I found out last week that actually we only get the Mandalorian not at midnight, we get it at 8 a.m. Oh, that, do we? That, yeah. That's horrendous. Yeah, I watch it not, before work. <laughs> yeah, because normally <laughs> I, I was up last last week uh, last week at um, uh, one o'clock midnight. in the morning and thought, yeah. right, I'll give it a go, and no, it wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, no, just just looking up Disney Plus, nothing else. Thank you. Uh, and no, it's eight a.m. is when we get the Mandalorian. To be completely fair, I could probably fill those seven hours with um with seven hours of Pedro Pascal content on YouTube, <laughs> so that wouldn't be a problem for me. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. We we. <laughs> People, people have a go at me if a woman alpacas. I think we've got a. We've, oh, we've got a psycho now. oh my god! Ooh, I am there. <laughs> All right, and special thanks, of course, go to today's tech specialist for jumping in at the last moment. That'd be Commander Ventura. Not a problem. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Norman was always planned. No, um, it was the wonderful Podnik Santiago, but he's he's snowed under with work. Yeah, Norm- okay, Norman yeah. is always is always planned, just there, just in case. <laughs> legend, legend among men. Norman is a legend. That is true. Yeah, Norman the Plan Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, until then, until next time, commanders, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest 7th of March 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Alliance condemns the Kumo crew. The Marlinists are in danger of being wiped out. 
and we look at the Maelstrom Mania. It's taken a month, but the Alliance has finally got around to condemning the attempted takeover of the California Nebula by the Kumo crew at the beginning of February. The Alliance Commission, tasked with investigating what happened, believe that the Kumo crew had been infiltrating Alliance settlements and institutions for weeks. When the Thargoids attacked, which is something they do from time to time, the pirates used this as an excuse to activate their sleeper agents and to seize control of the majority Alliance assets in the nebula. It was a brazen and illegal act of aggression towards the Alliance, and the fact that the Alliance was able to issue a statement of condemnation only five weeks later is an indication of the seriousness of the matter. Thankfully for the Alliance, those on the ground acted far faster and the Kumo crew was ejected from all the stations they'd taken over within a week. Prime Minister Mahan thanked those who had repelled the raiders in the California Nebula and elsewhere. He noted that the Kumo crew has recently been kicked out of the systems of Hythis, Colabinates and Seontiana, possibly as a result of the poor publicity following their abortive takeover attempt. Mahan warned Archon Delane that the Alliance was watching. They probably won't act, but oh boy, they're watching all right. The democratic imperialist tradition of the Marlinist colonies is under a double threat, from greedy expansionists in neighbouring systems and from the nearby Thargoid invasion. That's according to an editorial in the Marlin Standard, and you have to admit, they have a point. Since rejecting an offer from the Emperor to become a self-governing protectorate of the Empire, the eight Marlinist systems, whose subjects follow the democratic ideals of the founder of the Republic of Achenar, Marlin Duval, nearly a thousand years ago, have been all but swallowed up by neighbouring factions including Sirius Special Forces, the Brazilian League of Pilots and Hellraiser Incorporated. And with the Thargoids only a few light years away, it won't be long before the colonists have to face that threat too. Like other independent factions, the Marlinists have expressed their willingness to contribute to Aegis. However, the more immediate threat is the human one, from their uncomfortably close neighbours. First Minister Olivia Volkov has speculated whether the Marlinist colonies need to establish their own standing army to help defend their borders. It seems unlikely that the threat of total annihilation by the Thargoids will be enough to bring these independent systems together in a spirit of cooperation against a common enemy. But if they continue to squabble amongst themselves, they may be wiped off the face of the galaxy in just a few weeks. The past few days have seen many commanders engaged in one of three Thargoid-related activities. There are plenty of commanders fighting the invading Thargoids using weapons of many colours. This is an essential part of the war effort, and of course, it's not at all inhumane or unfair to have ten commanders all ganging up on one defenceless Hydra, is it? 
there's another group of commanders helping Aegis find new ammonia worlds. Although the easiest way to find an ammonia world these days is to look at the big round thing behind your nearest maelstrom. Many more commanders are not so much finding new ammonia worlds as following a painting-by-numbers guided tour of all the nearby ammonia worlds that Universal Cartographics already knows about. Kruger 60, Planet A1, must have been scanned more than 1,000 times in the past couple of days. The third group of commanders is desperately, and with mixed success, trying to unlock the new Caustic Sink Launcher, which will allow them to stay longer in the caustic clouds of the Thargoid Maelstrom. But in order to do that, they need to gather materials from those caustic clouds. The tech brokers, who are making these modules available on all the rescue ships, have a grim sense of humour. Usefully, they have also made available to buy corrosion-resistant cargo racks and the previously rather pointless meta-alloy hull reinforcements which protect against caustic damage, but nothing else. Less usefully, these modules are also behind an unlock paywall, requiring a one-off payment of meta-alloys and other commodities and materials. So you may well find yourself heading out on a materials hunt to unlock the modules that will allow you to survive in the Maelstrom long enough to harvest the materials to unlock a module that will allow you to stay in the Maelstrom a little bit longer. Those who earned a sample caustic sink launcher in the Aegis Appeal that finished last week find themselves at a considerable advantage when it comes to this activity. While they are in a maelstrom, they can wait until their caustic sinks are saturated with caustic nastiness and fire off the used sink, thus extending the protection further until they run out of sinks. Collecting the caustic shards and corrosive mechanisms by blowing up the caustic generators and firing off a few collector limpets is relatively straightforward, especially as you get to keep your winnings even if your ship is subsequently destroyed. However, using the Zeno scanner and research limpets to scoop the caustic tissue samples out of the caustic generators and then escaping with your prize before your ship melts is difficult. For those without a fleet carrier to store the tissue samples in between runs, it requires a huge amount of skill and luck not to lose the first four while you're trying to collect the last one you need. And it might actually be better to give up on unlocking the Caustic Sink launchers for now and go and save up for a fleet carrier first. There's a community goal running that will help you earn credits towards your fleet carrier by collecting exploration data. And it's not just Ammonia Worlds that count. You didn't really want to find out what's at the heart of the Maelstroms, did you? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>